You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Almighty God, thank you that you have come into the darkness to conquer it. We pray that you would continue to do that today and for the rest of our lives. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It's the Feast of the Nativity, and some say that the Feast of the Nativity could equally be called the Feast of Nicene Dogma. If you know what Nicene Dogma is, well, we're about to say it in a second. We're about to say, after the sermon, the Nicene Creed. And a whole lot of the Nicene Creed has to do with what we just read a second ago. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The earliest Christians were grappling with who was, or better, who is Jesus. Now you and I might think we have the answer. Jesus is God, and Jesus is human. But before we domesticate it, before we jump the gun and already know what we're talking about, we have to hear the narrative. It's the reason why we do the lectionary. It's the reason why we go about the church year. Who is this Jesus? In fact, the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, put that in the very mouth of Jesus. Who do you say that I am. And over and over and over again, the disciples get it completely wrong. What's really nice for you and me is when we think that we've got it completely wrong, or we just haven't got a clue, it's nice to know that those closest to him, the saints, the ones who we hold in the highest esteem, were so often oblivious to who he was. If you remember, Peter, his very best friend, gets it completely right before totally botching it. He finally gets it right. You are the Messiah. You are the one we've been waiting for. And then in the next breath, Jesus goes and says what the vocation of the Messiah is, what he has come to do. This isn't within Peter's paradigm for the Messiah. And he says, no, you're not going to go to the cross. You're not going to do that vocation. That's not the vocation that God has for you. And that's when we hear those famous words of Jesus to his very best friends, get behind me, Satan. His best friend, the one closest to him, the rock of the church gets it completely wrong. What you and I have that Peter didn't have, that the disciples didn't have, are the canonical witnesses. You and I have John 1. They did not have John 1. We are told, hearkening back to Genesis 1, in the beginning, right, God spoke and the cosmos came into being here. In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything made that was made. We have been let in on a revelation that the Old Testament saints did not know, that the disciples were very slow to comprehending. The word spoken when God says, let there be light, it is God in Jesus who speaks that word. The Jesus we find in the gospel narratives is preexistent. He is one in being with the Father. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light of people. And my favorite verse of all in this passage is verse 5. If you're following along, it goes, The light shines and the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Other translations don't say overcome. They say they, the darkness could not comprehend the light. The darkness could not conquer this light. The darkness can't comprehend it because the light comes into the world in the way that you and I would not have it. As I said a couple weeks ago, the way you and I would have it is that God would come into the world as the emperor's son for all to see, that all might bow down. We already have the cult of the emperor. Well, why not make it so that God is worshipped in the emperor's son? The darkness cannot comprehend the light because God in Jesus comes in behind enemy lines. He's like a paratrooper that none of them saw coming. He comes into the lowly place, a place where you and I wouldn't even want to come. And yet, it is at that place where God in Christ has begun the great rescue mission to rescue you and me from the darkness that has us enslaved, that has us in its clutches. This God in Jesus comes in the most vulnerable of ways, the God of glory, the God of the cosmos, decides to make his entrance onto our plane through the means of a helpless baby. I think we could spend the rest of our lives just trying to wrap our minds around the mystery of the incarnation, the mystery of the way of God in the world, which is so foreign to the way that I would have it. I'm all about muscular Christianity. I like top-down, let's get this done, let's get this on time, and let's do this my way, because my way is the best way. God in Jesus does it through an upside-down way. It's not through some muscular Christianity. Yes, there's a cosmic warfare at hand, but God doesn't do it through the means that we would have it. 
through the means of a Roman emperor, of an Alexander the Great type figure taking on Persia and subjugating it by force through arms. God in Jesus comes in behind enemy lines in the most vulnerable of ways. And the next time you go to New York City, go to the cloisters, because in the cloisters is this great medieval piece of art. And it's the Annunciation. It's when the angel comes to Mary and announces that her baby would be the one long awaited for. It's the moment of conception. And in the artistic piece, there is an embryo coming down to her. But if you look closely, and you have to look closely, you see that in the embryo, Christ is on his cross. This God who has come into the world in the most unlikely ways to start his rescue mission shows us it's all connected to what he has come to do. In the most unlikely of ways, he has rescued you and me from the powers of sin and death. It's not the way that you and I would do it, but it's the way of God. And what that means is that it is our way as a church. It's my way, even though I so often rebel against God's way. Friends, it's, it's too good to be true, this rescue effort to release the bonds, to conquer the darkness. Take a look outside. I know it's Christmas time, and we're festive and cheery, and rightly so. We are cheery because we believe that all of the muck we see, all of the suffering, all of the war, all of the pain that you bring with yourself here this morning, that I bring here to this pulpit, is being addressed, and it is being conquered. And there will be a day when your suffering and mine and the suffering of the world is not just ceased, but it is undone. That is the power of Almighty God. And he does it once again through weakness, or at least through seeming weakness, through a helpless babe, through a murdered convict. This babe, this convict, was vindicated, is raised. And what that means is that if Jesus is the self-expression of God. If Jesus is vindicated because this is the way of God, then you and I who've been grafted in, who don't often live the way of Jesus or the way of God, we who have been brought to made part of what he's come to do in the fulfillment of that vocation, you and I will be raised and you and I will be made new. For that is exactly what's happening in this text. Something new has happened. I love the old language. Behold, a new thing has come. This is why we rejoice. 
This is why even though there's pain, even though we're not always cheery, and some of you here this morning may feel doubly bad because you're supposed to be cheery and yet you're lonely. And yet things aren't going exactly according to that cooker, cookie-cutter Christmas plan where n- there's no family conflict and everyone's happy and everything's fine. But you've got a news that's better than that. What God has come to do in Jesus is that God will actually make that way. That God will undo that pain. That God will undo that strife that you just can't seem to quit with your mother or your sister or your father or whomever it is. God in Jesus has made a way out of no way. And we see the beginning of the new thing that he is accomplishing here today in the incarnation. God taking on flesh and dwelling among us. And the wild thing is that in Jesus we have already caught a glimpse of his glory. Glory in humanity. Glory in a created thing. A thing that God is renewing from the inside out. I'm going to end on this. And I don't know if this is true for you, but when I was a kid, and for all the kids in the room, Christmas Day is the day you wait for, right? You wait for it. The presents are coming. It's so great. And then Christmas afternoon comes, and the gifts have been opened, and it's over, and it's sad. Because you've got to wait 364 more days for the next one. Well, as you probably already know, we've got 12 days of Christmas in our tradition, so we're going to keep on celebrating. But that said, what God is doing in Jesus is that when you, whether it's you're a kid or whether you're an adult, and whether this darkness of the season gets to you or the darkness of the world gets to you, what God is doing in Christ. And the reason why we have hope, the reason why we come to church, the reason why we sing these songs, the reason why we celebrate communion is that God is conquering the darkness. And for you and me, sometimes it's in the thick of the darkness. It's in the most unlikely place. But we can lean our whole weight on this truth because these are the ways of God. And once again, there will be a day when there will be only joy, when pain will be gone. There will be no more grieving, sighing, or tears. We will celebrate forever. So let's celebrate. Let's sing our songs. Let's take this communion. And take today into the next 12 days and into the rest of your life. The rescue effort has commenced. He's defeated sin and death already. It will come to fruition when he comes again, and we also catch glimpses of it in the resurrections of our everyday life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.